Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody's having a good Wednesday. Oh, we've got a hump day discussion for you today, college football fans. Mercy. College anything fans, I guess, technically. We will get into some NCAA technicality that supposedly takes over on Saturday. Or is it cool state laws that currently take over on Saturday? We'll get into all that. Uh, There's some new stuff on both NIL and NLI. We'll try to keep all that clear. I got a perfectly timed email rant that I knew was coming that we'll bring you in the crap bag today. Got a couple of guests. It's a great day to have some insiders to talk to. Justin Wells inside Texas at 105. Anwar Richardson, Orange Bloods at 205. Their thoughts on the whole landscape of college sports, college athletics, NIL, transfer portal in li recruiting what does it all mean we'll get into all of this first and foremost we still hope that isaiah collier is having a good week off and a great honeymoon hope cancun is treating him well we roll on this wednesday it's chad and zay minus the zay add the cam i am chad hastings joined once again by cameron Parker, he is a Longhorn fan, and I'm sure he's getting his booster money ready. What's up, Cam? What's up, Chad? Uh, in honor of our unmanly movies discussion yesterday, I mm-hmm. went in uh put Sleepless in Seattle on Netflix last night. Did you really? Bed. Ah, it's a solid one. Solid one when the guys talk about crying during uh, during the Dirty Dozen. Solid scene. Great, great film all around. <laughs> it's a solid scene. Rosie O'Donnell's great in that movie. Meg's awesome. Hanks is great. Kid's great. My my girls and I will just randomly recite his some of the kids' lines. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> Mom never told me to shut up! I mean, it's just, it's good family fun right there. I didn't realize until last night that the kid, I think his name is Ross Malinger, he was the Boggle kid in Seinfeld. If you remember the episode, Elaine going to the bat mitzvahs and... Oh, Wow. I think I can't remember. It was the, the her naked picture going around, something like that. But the kid wanted something out of Elaine. He's like, "All I get is stupid boggle." Throws it across the room. I don't remember. That's him. Yep, that's him. Dude, all grown up. I love that stuff too. When you will recognize an actor or actress from something, but it's like retroactive. It's the you. It's before you would have known them, and you go, "Wait a minute, is that?" Because you, you figure there? like any movie from the '90s, and there's a kid in it, it's like oh, that kid's got to be a superstar by now, right? No, right. actually, no. So like the other night, my wife was watching. We'll get to this example, and then I promise we'll talk NCAA crap. Uh, my wife was watching War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, 
And people probably know the daughter in that movie is Dakota Fanning. That's right. And you can recognize Dakota and go, oh, that's cool. That's Dakota way back in the day. It's the son that got me the other day. I saw him and I went, wait a minute. Is that? I think that's. And we double checked it. And he was in the Showtime show Shameless with William H. Macy and Emmy Rossum and that crew. And I recognized him, but he was much younger at that point. This was his first gig with the Tom Cruise movie, and then like five years later, he's on Shameless. Mm-hmm. And I happened to recognize him, and I thought, yeah. So I love that stuff when you're when you're watching movies. Yes, we did talk unmanly movies yesterday because I went to, to see No Hard Feelings, and let's face it, sometimes I have some unmanly movies going on and unmanly drinks. We talked about that. In fact, as long as we're mentioning it, I do have. I don't know if it's going to get finished, but one thing we've created at my house is all three of us have a movie that we want the other two to watch. And everybody has to agree to see all the movies. Okay. So right now we've set up a musical trifecta. I don't like musicals. They know this. So they're going to make me watch two musicals that I don't want to really watch. And then I make them watch my favorite musical of all time. So my wife's is Grease. My daughter's is... Hamilton, because she's now fallen for Hamilton. Okay. And mine is the South Park musical. <laughs> yes. Bigger, longer, and uncut, which is my favorite musical of all time. I love that. So I'm going to make sure my 16-year-old daughter has seen that before anything else goes uh, forward. And yes, I'll finally watch Grease. I've always said I don't care if I die without having seen Grease, but I've told my wife, I love you. I'll watch Grease if you want me to. Yeah, I've. people have told me I've got to watch Grease. Nothing against John Travolta. Love him. Just... I don't yeah. think I can stomach it. Yeah, again, I, I, I also hold this. My life will move on with or without seeing Grease. That's the way I feel. And same thing with Hamilton. I'm sure it's in- impressive. My kid's into it. I think I can actually deal with the rapping more than the music. Breaking into song bugs me in movies. Maybe breaking into a rap won't. So we'll find out. But anyway, uh, so a lot of unmanly discussion yesterday. I don't know if today's discussion is manly or not, but it is necessary, and it is pretty wild in the world of the NCAA. So late in the show yesterday, there were stories coming down about the NCAA, and this was one of the weirdest timed things, one of those bizarre timing things the NCAA loves to do. So they throw out this story Cameron and I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but we wanted to read through it and really kind of look at what they're talking about. So the NCAA is saying that even though new state laws may go into effect, that those state laws might violate NCAA rules and schools could still be punished. So today, I think the discussion is really about a couple of fan bases specifically, and then we can expand it out. If you are a Longhorn fan today, this absolutely has to do with you. If you're an Aggie fan today, it absolutely has to do with you. And by extension, if you're a Tech, TCU, Baylor, whatever it is. I guess if you're a fan of a private school, it might be a little different. Maybe that's technically different. But effectively, this really talks to everybody. So the state law in Texas takes effect on Saturday. On No, sorry, fr- Saturday's the 1st. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Saturday is July 1st. July 1st, it takes over. Now, (laughs) this is one of the greatest things that's ever existed. (laughs) Whether you disagree with this or agree with it, just imagine this one group of people. Imagine the really, really old guys and women, theoretically, that are still alive that are boosters of old Southwest Conference teams. 
I want you to imagine those people, all the old SMU folks that are still alive, Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, TCU, Arkansas, all those people that were in a money battle years ago that was all under the table because it was all it was an arms race, but it was a different kind of arms race. We're going to promise him a car. Well, then we'll get him the car, and we'll do this and do that. But, oh, nobody's going to talk about the car, but, lo, the cars are at practice. Well, we're going to make the players sign contracts. All that stuff was going on, and it was all bad. It was all under the table. Couldn't do it. But now, on Saturday, a law will take effect that if I'm reading it correctly, Cameron, it says that fundraising groups at universities, for example, the Longhorn Foundation, or if you're an Aggie, the Twelfth Man Foundation, they can solicit funds from their fans and give it to players as NIL compensation. Moreover, they can offer perks for doing it. They can go to their fans, because they're kind of already doing this now, right? If you give us more money, we'll get you better seats. We'll get you better opportunities for seats at football games and other events. But now they're just going to connect it directly to this. If you pay into the NIL fund, we will get you better tickets. That's all allowed starting Saturday. And then, Cameron, the NCAA dares to say, now, just because that law goes into effect, it doesn't mean you need to take advantage of all of those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This is wild, wild stuff. Let me know what you think. The te- uh, Specs text line is 337-3776. Basically, my question to start is, if you're a Texas fan, A&M fan, whoever you root for, what would you tell your big money boosters? What would you tell the people that are controlling the biggest money? Cameron, you're a Texas fan. Would you tell that Longhorn Power Group, the money group, just lean in hard, duck your head and go? Would you tell them to be careful? What do you tell them to do effective Saturday? Chad, I got into sports because I didn't have to worry about the laws of anything. <laughs> like with, with the Lib PGA stuff, I got to understand antitrust cases. And now with this, it so specifically like it, this affects Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas because of these state laws that are being passed. Uh-huh. So, like, if you're a season ticket holder for Texas or Texas A&M, and this takes place Saturday, there might be a point, depending on what happens with the NCAA, where if you want to get certain selection, the seats. So, think about 2024, right? Hey, I want to go to Texas at Georgia and Athens. Well, that's going to be here. So, Texas at what's a what's a non-conference? What's a conference game on the road that season? Is it Mississippi State? I don't remember. Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt. Yeah. You want to go to Vanderbilt, right? The Texas One Fund may set up, okay, if you donate $150 to us, you're going to have priority registration, uh-huh. priority seat selection. Yeah, and that already happens, by the way. Yeah. It already... is when you donate, it just it's technically not to the One Fund, it's to a different Yeah, right now you're donating to a Longhorn Foundation. And then you, the, the idea is that foundation does what? It keeps up the university. Mm-hmm. It does scholarships. It does grants. It helps to build you know, facility, keep the facilities up, just all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And for that, you might get put in a different line. Hey, you've donated this much, so you get a chance to, like you said, you get a chance to get those Vanderbilt tickets. Bad example, maybe. But get those <laughs> Vanderbilt hey, tickets. I mean, it's close to Nashville, right? Before, before everybody else. Yeah, and now... You're helping out the NIL funds, which in turn helps out the players and helps the coaches recruit these players. But the NCAA is saying, ah, 
not-so-fast state of Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. You can't do this, but as I mentioned yesterday at the end of the show, Rox Bjork, the A&M AD, said, we're going to follow the state laws. I don't. We don't care what the NCAA says. We're going to follow what the state of Texas says we can do, and as of right now, that's basically violating the direct orders from the NCAA. So yeah. what I think is going to happen, Chad, is this is going to turn into a long, long, long legal battle between schools like A&M and Texas if they decide it's worth it. Now, my question for, I guess, CDC is like, hey, is it worth it to break the NCAA rules if the state of Texas allows you to do it? Well, you know, what what's the positive and negatives right. from it? That's something I want to ask Justin Wells later on today because yep. I want to understand, like, obviously it's beneficial because we've been talking about Texas baseball all week, right, about how LSU was able to add, you know, Paul Skeens, Tommy White, Thatcher Hurd because, you know, hey, Jay Johnson, the LSU coach, says we have the best NIL program for baseball players. I don't know what the Texas baseball NIL fund looks like, but it sounds like it could probably use a little bit more to it, right? And right. this may, hey, it may end up help Coach Pierce get guys like Chase Burns to come to Texas. That's an interesting point. Our man CB, Chris Bennett, texted, hey, Texas BMDs, you need to look at the most historic sport at Texas in NIL baseball because they are way behind we have the promo running right now rod and hards were talking about it and rod was going through the numbers cameron at texas in terms of nil compensation baseball is 10th 10th among sports hmm. that is a story that texas probably wants to change moving forward this texter says the state law is ridiculous as well as the concept this says probably at texas and a&m it's business as usual since this has been going on for a while to the quote cameron's talking about where ross bjork steps right in the middle of this story and clearly states quote the state law is going to govern how we do business we will continue to communicate with the ncaa on a variety of matters but in terms of this the state law will reign okay so here's my follow-up to that one ross bjork you mentioned cdc all of the ad's what do you guys tell your compliance people on saturday yeah arkansas Oklahoma, let's throw Missouri in. I read Missouri's got one of these laws taking effect, too. That's another SEC school, obviously. All these are about to be SEC schools in a couple years. What do your compliance people do? If they're badass compliance people, aren't they supposed to be going off of the NCAA rules, Cameron? Isn't that right? Yeah. But then Saturday, the Texas law takes over. So Ross Bjork walks in and says, okay, this is what we go off of now. And if the NCAA calls, tell them I'll call them back and we'll discuss things. But I'm really not going to make a move, you know, based on it. I do not know how to tell these two schools how to think. Are they both, like for Texas and Texas A&M, will the NCAA look at them exactly the same? Because I might argue from, pardon the expression, Aggies, the little brother's perspective, I don't know that they will. There could be an argument, and we'll get to the rant in the crap bag later, that speaks right to this. Some schools get treated one way, some mm -hmm. get treated the other. Cameron, my guess from watching all this over the years is your brand, that Longhorn brand, is going to get a ton of deference. We'll get a ton of leniency. I don't know if the A&M brand does. I'm not saying the A&M brand's not important. I'm not saying it's not big. Revenue-wise, just as big or bigger. Size-wise, just as big or bigger enrollment just as big or bigger i know that aggies i understand it i get it i do but we all need to understand what that branding means north carolina got treated differently in basketball than a lot of schools have 
So I'm assuming Texas may get some fair, you know, some some preferential treatment. So what happens if the NCAA decides they see violations at Texas, Texas A&M, and Missouri? Who gets punished? It sounds like this state law is going to protect Texas, Texas A&M, UTEP, whoever, because in this state law that's going to go into effect Saturday, Chad, it includes a provision that says the NCAA and its conferences are prohibited from punishing any school that takes advantage of these new types of NIL activities. So the NCAA sanctions a school in Texas providing perks to donors in exchange for NIL dollars, Uh which is, you know, buying season tickets perhaps and donating to the NIL fund, the Texas One Fund or the 12th Man Foundation, so you get early access or whatever. That school, if they're punished by the NCAA for doing that, they can now take legal action against the NCAA. Yeah. This is coming from Dan Murphy with ESPN.com. Uh-huh. See, that's a weird thing to put in a law, too. How do you enforce that? Isn't that like saying, I can be, like when you turn 18, I can be out as late as I want, and my parents aren't allowed to get mad, because then I can countersue. Like, huh? Exactly. And they asked, so they asked this dude with the NCAA, Tim Buckley, he's the senior vice president of external affairs. They asked him, okay, so what happens if you, you punish A&M or Texas, these hypothetical schools, for violating these violations, and they countersue you. His comment, ah, it's too many hypotheticals. Yeah. So it, it sounds like the NCAA, who decided for three years, four years, to sit in their butt, sit in their hands, not do anything regarding NIL, now is like, okay, now we have to do something. But by then, you've gotten all these state laws, national laws that have come into effect. So the NCAA, I think A&M, Texas, the state of Texas is challenging the NCAA and saying, okay, you want to be a big boy organization. You haven't done anything the last few years. We're going to challenge your authority because we don't think you're a real governing body. And I don't know. I think the state of Texas has an argument there, Chad. Yeah. And and like somebody texted, what NCAA rules? Yeah. Didn't they abdicate all responsibility when it comes to NIL? That's an interesting point. They did. <clears throat> they punted on a lot of that stuff. They just kind of stead, uh, stood back and did nothing. But now they're coming back around and saying, no, wait a minute. Hold on. All these schools have agreed to act on our behalf, to act in a way that falls under NCAA rules. Therefore, that's what they have to do. So there's all kinds of, you know, all kinds of layers to this discussion, all kinds of levels. It, it, it does me... I don't know if it's good or not. I'm just fascinated that throughout my life that this process has actually happened. We're about to get to this point Saturday where all that stuff is allowed. But also I have this question for the state of Texas and the law. Okay. If you make this NIL, that's where I get confused. I can donate money to the foundation, and then the foundation gives NIL money. For what? Why? NIL is name, image, and likeness. What's the name, image, and likeness part? Are you saying that the foundation will set up an event and then the player would get paid for the event? Mm-hmm. Or are you saying that the foundation's going to pay for every athlete all across your sports? Because if that's the case, well, that's not NIL. It's something completely different. That is like a stipend. That is like, and we've, a lot of people can argue about that's necessary, but now you're just sort of paying them to be your athletes. And then the other great angle on this, Cameron, that we really need to stop, I keep seeing it in story after story, we need to stop with the incentive discussion. We really have to stop with that stuff, that you're not allowed to use the school as an incentive. You're not allowed to use NIL as an incentive to go to the school. You have to wait till they get there. Like, nobody's that stupid. 
that they think that's not relevant. If mm-hmm. I'm applying to the to the badass company and the, and I find out there's a company car, I realize that if I take the job, I get the company car, and if I don't, I don't. When I take the tour of Texas badass locker room, hey guys, see these these lockers that light up and and clean your you know and dry your clothes and heated seats and all that stuff. I know that if I choose to go to Texas Tech, I don't get a key card to the Longhorn locker room. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all logic for that, yet they'll use that part. Well, it can't be an incentive. Can't be incentivizing. Nick Saban will stand on that line. Kirby Smart likes to stand on it. Brian Kelly's talking a lot about this right now. And Cameron, what I wonder deep down is if the guys that I just mentioned, let's throw Dabo in there too, deep down, are they all a little bit scared? of where Longhorns, Aggies, by extension, maybe we throw USC in, all those places that they think or they know have more money than they do and more ability to create it. Is that why, ultimately, they are screaming at Washington, D.C., we need national rules for this? Deep down, Nick Saban, I think, is thinking to himself, we need the national level here so that the state of Texas and other places do not get out in front of me. I wonder if that's what he's thinking. Well, it's it's an advantage for Texas versus Alabama because there is no Alabama state law yet that allows this to happen. Now, I don't know the biggest advantage of not if it's going to change Texas going from an 8-win team to a 12-win team based on the fact that hey, we can, you know, we can pay athletes a little bit differently than the NCAA allows you to. I don't know if that's going to have a bigger effect, but it's going right. to have some effect, right? It's some advantage it would, for yeah. for Texas. Another part in this new NCAA rule that by the way, uh, Wilcox said it may be in effect. It may not be in effect yet for another few weeks. They don't. E- they're not even releasing the timetable yet for when right. this, which is even that, more backwards. That's the other thing. That's why I ask, what do you do if you're the Longhorns and the Aggies? Do you just duck and go? Because we're about to enter an era where they're back together, playing that game every year in football, and now the paying of players, the compensation to players for being who they are is above the table on some levels. Cameron, your starting running back drove a Lamborghini (laughs) around this town, and everybody was cool with it. It wasn't like back in the day when I was growing up and Eric Dickerson had a car, or did he? And who offered it? And where was it? And where was it parked? Have you seen that SMU parking lot? I wonder where the cars came from. That None of that goes on anymore. The man was driving a Lambo around this town, and I thought it was awesome. So now that all that's happening, you're going to tell the Longhorns and the Aggies, effective Saturday, that they have to kind of pay attention in a different way? Mm-hmm. They're ready to go full steam ahead on this new law, and you think they're going to wait and think about the NCAA and what y'all think? Man, I don't know. I, ugh, I cannot imagine that the power at either of those schools is going to even think to stop. I think it's going to be full speed ahead for both. Yeah, and it's a huge advantage for Texas and A&M right now in these Texas schools that are going to the SEC. Even even the, the Power 5 schools, too, because they have a leg up over other schools who are not in the state unless it's Oklahoma-Arkansas based on these state laws. But – I'm just curious, will CDC, will Ross Bjork with other ADs ignore the NCAA rules, follow the state laws, and just say, we're going to see you in court? Yeah, because there's this thought right now that Texas that Texas and Bama, to pick a couple big ones, that they're doing it a certain careful way, and A&M, Miami, and USC are just pushing hard. And how can you blame them? Because there's no rules right now. That's the perception. I'm not sure if that's the reality. That's kind of the perception right now. So that's where I would ask, if that is true, back to your question for CDC, 
if that's true, are you, CDC, going to let Ross Bjork keep doing what he's doing? Yeah. Because he, Ross Bjork does not seem like he's stopping. So are you going to let him do that? One more year until you're joining back up, all those recruiting things, all the signings coming in December? And, you know, on one side of it, on the A&M Miami side, if those things, if those perceptions are real, would those, again, would they just retort with what you just said, Cameron? Hey, what rules are in place? They said they don't even know if they're going to do it. We have a state law. We're going by the state law. We good with that? Okay, moving forward. And, and just go. So let us know what you think. Uh, Specs text line 337-3776. Big changes, maybe. Um, but certainly big changes in these states coming on Saturday. What does it mean? A lot of NCAA talk. Also, did you see the story about how the NLI is going to change over the next year? That's national letter of intent. And how and when players are going to be able to get out of their national letters of intent. We'll go over those specifics coming up at 105. More on this and other Longhorn stuff with Justin Wells of Inside Texas. Huge recruiting stuff for the Longhorns right now. We'll get his thoughts on those two running backs from last week and what he sees coming down the line with some of those big names. Uh, Also, in the crap bag a little later, I got that rant that I knew was coming, and it feeds right into the NCAA discussion. Stay with us. It's the Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get it started on a Wednesday. A lot of crazy NCAA stuff out there on this June 28th as we head closer to college and NFL football. Always something to talk about, it feels like, though. Chad and Cameron with you today. Isaiah on his honeymoon this week. We get into some uh, NLI stuff coming up here in a second, plus a crazy NFL story. Uh, actually, the back end of an NFL story we already knew about. All right, Cameron, who's this? This feels uh, a little slowed down, maybe yeah. a little mellowed out. You might say chopped and screwed. Okay, all right. Got an idea there? A little bit of that. That voice to me sounds like Bun B, or the, uh, what I've heard from Bun B and UGK. Not Bun B. This is the production of DJ Screw. Yesterday was June 27th, um, and uh, Jermaine Dupree, it was his beat, and DJ Screw remixed it. I don't know if it was the first time he actually turned music into the the chopped and screwed. Uh-huh. That might be a more of a say question, but he is famous for taking Jermaine Dupree's November 20, sorry, June 27th beat making it his chopped and screwed that you hear here where everything's kind of slowed down uh-huh. or whatever. So, Phil, like, since we didn't play it yesterday, wanted to honor DJ Screw, and this is the Third Coast off his 2001 album, The Legend. So when you hear DJ Screw, you're not he, – DJ Screw isn't actually performing. He's the one that produced it and put yeah. it together. He's a Houston producer gotcha. that's famous for the right. chopped and screwed 
All right, so style. I was in the neighborhood, right? At least I was sort of in the neighborhood. Yeah. I, I said it sounded slowed down. I should have just said DJ Screw because I thought of that as I was as as it was happening. I thought, I wonder if I should just guess DJ Screw, and I was scared to do it. You gotta, we got to talk to Zay about getting you some DJ Screw in your album yeah. listening. I told Zay uh, we went to a record store in town with my kid. She got into vinyl for a little bit and was looking for, you know, Taylor Swift albums and stuff like that. And I saw this entire section of DJ Screw CDs. Nice. It was just volume after volume yeah. after volume. It was crazy. All right, so DJ Screw getting us started today. Maybe appropriate since we're talking NCAA uh, stuff. So the NCAA messaging to the schools is one story out there. Another story that's floating around is the one that coaches are not going to be happy about, and it's about NLI, National Letter of Intent. If you don't know how the National Letter of Intent works, the basic thing you need to know is that it's year by year. So some people may think, I go in and I sign my National Letter of Intent as a freshman, it lasts for four years. That's not the case. It's a year-by-year agreement. So you re-sign every year. But what they're saying now is starting with, this is for the 2023-24 the signings, so the 24-25 enrollees. So the way I'm reading that is the guys that are going to, the, the men and women that will be signing starting with this next, you know, fall. Uh, there will be, you can break the NLI under certain circumstances. This is what a lot of fans have been asking for for years, this first one. There's no penalty. If there is a head coaching change, mm-hmm. fans, you've wanted that okay. a long time, right? You've griped about it. Well, Brian Kelly and all these guys, they can take more money and go to a better opportunity. But the player's trapped. Player's not trapped anymore. Player can get out of it. Also, there's no penalty. Get this one. There's no penalty after a quarter or semester has gone by as long as you put in the request. Wow. That would scare me if I'm a coach. So, again, the quarter thing is if you're on a quarter system. Certain schools don't go semesters. They go on quarters, which would be even worse if it's even less time than the player would let you know. As long as you request it, then you can get out of your NLI. Also, Cameron, I'm reading you can transfer from a four-year school to another four-year school as long as you enter the portal. You're good. So, to me, this really expands the options. Everybody's talking about the options and the power that the players are getting. I think that's a lot of why we're, a lot, a lot of why we're hearing these coaches complain in addition to the NIL stuff. So, to me, for all these guys that are transfer portal happy and want all their options, this is phenomenal news for this next cycle. My question for you, Chad, is was this preventing athletes from already transferring anyway? Not really. I think they're just trying to make official what we've all felt, which is, I think you, I've heard you say this, Zay talks about it, and I've heard others say it, that, and Rod Babers talks about it a lot on the afternoon show. I know the guys have talked about it, where the NCAA is going to back off on a lot of that stuff. Because they, you know, they look back a few years ago, we had the story of the offensive lineman whose mom was getting cancer treatment, mm-hmm. so he wanted to transfer to a place closer to her cancer treatment, and they denied him. But then you also had the – And by they, that's, is that the coaching staff or this is the – That was the NCAA. Na- okay. The NCAA wouldn't allow the immediate transfer. Shocker. And everybody flipped out on that story, rightly so. But then you have things like Tate Martell transfer because I, I couldn't get times. the job. Uh, Justin Fields, Brew McCoy, some of these other guys, it just seemed like, well, they can transfer whenever they want. So essentially, that's what it is. But now it's just going to be more of a – a time crunch for these coaches. 
you're going to have, and this is why they really need to continue to fully define transfer portal windows. I think those are really important now moving forward. That thing that happens right after your spring game, okay, right before the season. Okay, when is this? When is that? Now we're going to need to define it, I think, Cameron, inside of a semester. Semester begins August, September, or whatever. You got to tell them at what point are you determining, okay, we got to wait till after the season is over and then there'll be a window that opens because now you're saying when the, when the semester is done. So, for instance, if I'm a basketball guy, think about how that, the semester system would work. I show up to start my fall semester mm-hmm. and I don't like how practices are going and I don't like how stuff is happening. Jalen Tyson. If I'm on the quarter system, there's a moment pretty quick into the season where I get to, as long as I let them know, as long as I request it, that I get a transfer and I get to play immediately. Yeah. That's wild. It's it's turning into more and more of a player-friendly system for college athletes, which I think is fair. You know, we, we've been advocating for this, I think, for most, most media members have, for, you know, athletes getting some sort of payment for what they're doing and allow them to move from place to place. But – if you're a coach, I don't. I mean, I can't see how you look at this and are happy with it, right? No. And, like, honestly, I may not just be smart enough to understand, really, NIL because it looks to me – I mean, we saw it with Ron Holland. You know, he signed the NIL, and guess what? He got out of it. Chris Johnson from Kansas. Yeah. He was at Kansas, now he's at Texas. He got out of it. So I don't really see how much it impacts you unless the NSA decides we're going to pick yep. and choose who we're going to penalize because it used to be, right, if you would fight like the NIL, you would have to sit out one year which is what transfers used to be, right? right. A and, long, long time ago. And again, to clarify, NLI. NLI, did I say NIL? Yeah. And this See? is the letter of intent, right? Maybe change the name of it. That's the other thing we've, idiots we, like we've me. confused. It's all N's and I's yeah, and yeah. L's, and we're trying to figure out where they go. Yes, you're right. And basketball, I think, has been a big part of the – it's a great examples, too, with Holland and, and the other situations – basketball's been a part of making it feel like, yeah, there's not really any rules. It's the most effective because these athletes in basketball usually only play one year because then they can declare for the NBA draft. So someone texted, so a kid can sign for UT, learn the system a bit, then after a quarter leave and go to a future opponent and help the new school with UT's play calling. No, because Texas isn't on the quarter system. Yeah, Texas is a semester school. Mm -hmm. Most are. So think of it as the semester. So you'd show up, let's go basketball. You'd show up in August. You'd go through September, October, November, Mm -hmm. December. You're done with classes in December. At that moment in December, yes, you're right. So think of it as you could then, as long as you put the request in, you can transfer free and clear to a conference opponent that is about to play Texas twice in this current system. We'll see about the SEC coming up. Yes, that that would be possible. So just don't think of it as the quarters there. It'd be a semester thing, but I get your point. Yes, you could transfer to coming up. Let's just use the SEC coming up. You could transfer to A&M or Auburn or Alabama or Missouri or Arkansas or whatever and then theoretically face Texas later on in the season, and coaches would have to just account for that. Which I don't think would ever, ever be allowed, right? I mean – I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe this NIL agreement allows for that to happen, right? Well, how do you stop it? If they're saying right now you can be, it can be broken. There's no penalty after a quarter or semester if you request it. As long as you're requesting the, not, it's not a transfer you're requesting there, I guess, but you're you're requesting that you get out of your NLI, you get out of the letter of intent. 
As long as you put the request in, I don't see how they're going to stop you. So they're going to need to figure out, again, back to some one of Nick Saban's favorite word, guardrails. They're going to have to figure this out. Are there rules in place? Am I only allowed to tell you at a certain time? Uh, how does that work? I guarantee you there are a bunch of coaches trying to figure this one out with compliance people, recruiting folks. What does it mean? So that is taking that will take effect for these players. Like We're talking about this class of 24 coming up. Yeah with Texas that the two running backs just added into, that's the group we're talking about. Yeah. This applies to Christian Clark. This applies to, I can't get his name right. Jarek uh, Gibson? Thank you. I want to call him Coburn for some reason. <laughs> Jarek Gibson, thank you. Uh, it applies to those guys as well. So just something to keep in mind as we roll through this crazy Wednesday. Um, and this says back pay NIL if you leave. That's a part of it too. Yeah, so this, the, the suggestion from a listener, back pay the NIL if you leave, that maybe is how you make it work. Yes, I've heard that discussion. The NIL agreement, I signed it, and now I'm moving on. Quinn Ewers had some kind of an agreement at Ohio State. Was it just a year agreement? Was it past that point? And what does that mean when he leaves? Mm-hmm. They've got to get all those things figured out. But, again, two different discussions here. NIL is about that money. NLI is about the power to move. The power to transfer, yep. the power to get in the portal. Because, again, they're saying if you enter the portal, I mean, this is the one more than anything else that explains it to me. It, at the times they allow you in the portal, as long as you're in the portal at the right time, you can go from any four-year school to any four-year school, period. Like, if that's the case and coaches have officially lost the ability to say, you can't go to my conference rival, you can't go to that school, you can't go to that school, you can't go, that's all gone. That is all gone. Tons of freedom of movement. And then the question is going to be, what are the freedoms of NIL that they'll be dealing with? There's a lot going on uh, NCAA-wise right now. I'd already told you that coming up this Friday to me is a big day because we're still waiting on the Pac-12 to figure out a TV deal. We talked about San Diego State on the show. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do? Are they going to try to worm their way into the Pac-12? Because they're thinking about telling the Mountain West, see ya peace but they're trying to wait as long as they can because effective saturday their buyout in the mountain west goes way up way up from like 16 million to 30 something million so they're trying to figure that out by the end of the week and now on saturday the state of texas arkansas oklahoma and missouri maybe among others i think those are the main ones i heard they're all going to wake up with this new nil possibility where you can pay the foundation money and the foundation's going to make sure players get it in the form of NIL compensation, Whew. Everything's, about, everything's about to change in a wacky way. Good for, good for Texas, but I think it's bad for the sport, Judd. I think there's got to be some sort of new governing body looking at you, Washington, D.C., that, that helps get everything on the same page because yeah. nothing about college sports, especially college football, is on the same page. Yeah, and that's a great point to bring up. The other great little weird angle is right now we all know things feel so divided when it comes to politics. There's not a lot. Everything is getting just ground to a halt in Washington. They can't agree on anything. One side of the aisle doesn't want to feel like they've ever agreed with the other side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. But the thing can't I, have that, Chad. But the thing I keep reading is so great, Cam, and the the magic of sports. There's a thought out there that if there's one thing. If there's one thing that both sides of the aisle can come together on to try to figure out, it's this. College athletics and money. 
football. Football and money. Can we all agree on that? Bringing the country together. Hey, man. You and I have had a beard at tailgate before. I don't care who you voted for. You don't care who I voted for. All we both know is we love them dogs. We love them Vols. We love them Rebels. Let's figure it out. But I wonder by then, Chad, if that ever does happen, will it be too late? Yeah, I don't know. That's good. Right. It's a good point. I should have thrown in somebody from like the West Coast. We love them Trojans. <laughs> we love them Bruins. We love them Buckeyes. Uh, can't we all just figure it out? We'll see what happens. Uh, it's some crazy stories out there. If you have thoughts on it, Specs text line 337-3776. NCAA hypocrisy. It seems to be out there. And one of our listeners has some thoughts. Up next in the crab bag, a rant that I knew was coming. It fits right into this discussion. And maybe it's a warning for Texas and Texas A&M starting Saturday. Pay attention. This is the horn. I sit alone in my four cornered room, staring at candles. Who got me? Real radio, do? Oh, all right. Let's this here. Headlight, I can't sleep. I toss and turn. Candles fixed in the dark. Visions of bodies being burned. Four walls closing in, getting bigger. I'm paranoid, sleeping with my finger on the trigger. All right, rolling through a Wednesday. Boy, am I glad he rhymed that with trigger. Cameron, who we got? Sticking with the Houston rap theme here mm-hmm. from the greater fifth war. Shout out Houston Cougars. Nice. We got uh, Ghetto Boys featuring Scarface, Wooly D, Bushwick Bill. Nice. Ghetto Boys and DJ Screw to get us started today. Speaking of Houston, once we get to the flex segment at 1.30, we'll talk about a commitment to the Cougars from a local star. Also, the last Wednesday night flex until football season. That is tonight. The fellas tell me they're trying to put some guests together. Nothing to report officially. They don't want it to fall through. But they're looking at a couple of big guests tonight for the Wednesday night flex show at seven. So stay tuned for all of that. Also, stay tuned for Justin Wells of InsideTexasOn3.com. Always good to talk to him on a Wednesday. Today just feels like there's extra reasons to talk to him. Not only the recruiting side of things, what does he think of Jarrett Gibson, Christian Clark, Nate Kibble, the last three guys into the 24 class for Texas, but we'll get his thoughts on all this NIL, NLI discussion around college sports and how Saturday could be such a massive day for the state of Texas and for anybody who loves their Longhorns and, well, excuse me, and loves their Longhorns or their Aggies <laughs> and, or their and. Hogs or their Sooners. This whole area, the whole region, uh, these state laws going into effect, and you've got an A and M, you know, the A and M AD saying they're going to go on the state laws. We'll see what uh, others want to do there. We've been discussing that already. Uh, kind of ties into it. Let's get into the crap bag and uh, talk a little more NCAA crap, shall we? Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just. Think of a bag of crap. All righty. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Oh, I knew this email was coming. I was just waiting for its arrival. It arrived last night from Ole Miss Girl. I just figured there was an LSU rant coming. 
Here it is. While LSU basks in the glow of its two national championships, the NCAA failed again to punish for rules violations. LSU got away with its no-bowl ban for a team that went 3-5. and five. The more egregious issue is Will Wade, the man of the strong-ass offer. That's in quotes, by the way. Turns out his defense to that one is it was not a money offer. The transcript sure says otherwise. Somehow no one at the NCAA had HBO Max to listen to the scheme. And the NCAA bought that lie and others. Remember, LSU basketball is not a blue blood like North Carolina basketball. Clearly, the NCAA must go. When you have sufficient evidence from the FBI to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, if this was a criminal matter, you punish. You do not punt the ball downfield and do virtually nothing. But that is what the NCAA has done here. If I was a school, I would call LSU's or North Carolina's lawyers if the NCAA alleged a violation. Seems to be the best way to get off because clearly the NCAA is not about even being fair anymore. There I ranted. Hope you approve. Yes, I do, old Miss girl. Always looking forward to it. And she rightly uh, calls herself now a proud supporter of the World Series champions because the Astros are still that. She was a obviously a supporter of last year's champion uh, college baseball team. But good to hear from old Miss girl. And Cameron, I wanted to throw that out because it, I think it just ties into all of it here. Back to my question earlier. Let's take it down another level. Let's say for a second that Texas and Texas A&M under their state law, let's say they're powerful. Let's say they'll be able to get away with it in quotes, right? Let's take a school like Missouri or Arkansas or both of those lesser schools in the SEC in a couple different ways. And one of them might be money, power, branding. What does the NCAA do if they find violations at Arkansas and Missouri, violations of this new NIL thing where Arkansas and Missouri are going to look and go, wait a minute, look what Miami did. Wait a minute, look what A&M did. Wait a minute, look what Texas did. Are you guys watching what Alabama's doing? But the NCAA will turn and say, oh, no, 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 we've got to make a, we have to make an example out of you guys. Mm-hmm. So that's where I wonder, like you talked about, might be good for a school like Texas, but might it be bad for the sport? What do you think it means for that mid to lower level kind of school trying to keep up i wouldn't just stay away from violating it but again like how much power will the ncaa have because of texas in schools in oklahoma and arkansas where that is legal in the state to do these things if they can win these big bad court battles against the ncaa then that's going to be a huge advantage to the schools who aren't in states that have those state laws which is where i go back to there's got to be some sort of governing body that mm-hmm. will oversee this because as a texas fan Sure, I love having a competitive advantage over other schools, but at the same time, it's bad for the sport. And going back to Ole Miss's gold point about it being fair, I mean, how much tampering do you think occurs every day between coaches and players, right? Mm, I mean, every I, day. And there's yeah. there's nothing being penalized for it. Nothing. Yeah. And the NCAA, they just love to pick and choose. They love to make examples out of schools. I mean, what Wade got suspended for at LSU, there's probably – you know, you mentioned UNC. Like, why didn't Roy Williams get the same penalties when yeah. he was at North Carolina? Why does Wade get it? They created classes out of thin air. They have. They made up classes at North Carolina and got no punishment. <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. Um, yeah, some of these weird little rules. You see this one? Boosters, including collectives, are not allowed to meet with recruits to discuss potential NIL opportunities in order to encourage them to attend a particular school. 
Well, that, that includes like the one fun directors. Yep. Because they're now considered a booster. Uh huh. So if you if you oversee the Texas one fun, maybe you're not a, a BMD. You're just helping with the fun. Now you can't meet with the players. You got to go through what a, a third party, a compliance officer, to decide. Mm-hmm what you can and cannot do. Well, and remember also, Cameron, to be clear, the way the NCAA can sometimes define it, you're a booster, and so am I. Yeah. If you attend the university and you therefore are a representative of the university and you talk to the athlete, theoretically that could be a violation. So um, that's the part of it, again, I'm trying to figure out with this NIL stuff because I'm all for the Wild West being on top of the table. But I just think the clarification is weird to me. You can pay money. Let's use the UT version. You pay money to the Longhorn Foundation, and the Longhorn Foundation is going to pay, let's say, just Quinn Ewers to pick a big name. They're going to pay Quinn Ewers some NIL money. For what, though? I don't understand. What is it that Quinn would be? If Quinn's got an NIL deal, there's somebody paying that money. Uh-huh. Because when Bijan was getting Lambo money, that wasn't UT money. That's Lambo money, mm-hmm. theoretically. So what's this money we're talking about? You pay into the Longhorn Foundation, and then what? It's a Longhorn Foundation autograph session? It's a, like you're going to have to come up with the thing they're getting paid for. This isn't just a stipend out of nowhere, which is that's what I think they should do. If you want to say that the Longhorn Foundation and 12th Man Foundation can, can donate to a player fund, just call it the player fund, and we're going to use it evenly across all of our sports, football to softball to the rowers to whoever, and we're going to make sure that they have a little extra spending money, that they have books, that they have a good backpack, that they have a good whatever it is, right, that they have, they can get deals on phones, they can get all the things that they need. And that's it, right? We, we, we Maybe we'll get them, you know, I don't know, get them a discounted path to a car, a discounted path at a restaurant, a discounted whatever it is. That makes sense to me. I don't get why they're they're labeling this NIL, maybe because it's so it's safe to do that right now mm-hmm. because there are no guidelines. Maybe that's why they're doing it. And they clarify, this rule isn't discouraging you from donating to the funds and saying that's not going to be legal in this new rules. That's still legal. The NCAA is saying that, however, if I donate to the Texas One Fund, then I can't get perks back for donating, which mean, which i.e. is, hey, season ticket, maybe upgrades, having access to uh, road games, Texas OU games, bowl games, postseason games. That's yeah. what the NCAA is saying that this cannot do, right? right. Well, I don't know if the – that, that's interesting. I don't know if the NCAA cares about that part. Here's the This is the sick irony. I don't think the NCAA cares about the fan getting a better opportunity at seats. What, it, what they care about in the story I'm reading here is saying the NCAA says yesterday, schools are responsible for making sure these fundraising organizations do not pay athletes for NIL deals. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, there's a specific quality of that sentence that you can get around in a lot of ways. If you're clever enough and that's the sentence you're going off of, I think think you can figure that out you're that texas needs to make sure the longhorn foundation is not paying its athletes for nil deals that's very specific as long as they're not doing that what are they allowed to do exactly that'd be my follow-up so then could an athlete get paid some money just because 
Because I don't think this has to do with just cause money. NIL is specific. NIL is my name, image, and likeness. If I'm Quinn Ewers, it's about me. It's about what I'm doing for this university and the attention I'm getting. And if you go buy my jersey with that number on it, and we throw Quinn on the back of it, excuse me, we throw Ewers on the back of it. What did I turn into a soccer jersey all of a sudden? You put Ewers on the back of that. Brady Quinn, you know. You put Ewers on the back of that jersey, I get a cut if I'm Quinn Ewers. That's what NIL is. This gets a little – so as long as you're not doing that stuff with the money, you're okay, but now what are you going to do with the money? That's that's where it's going to get pretty wild. You need to let them know too, Cameron, because that's what – you know, being around people throughout my life and career and all of it, different people at all different levels of donation, you want to know where your money's going. Mm Mm-hmm. The biggest money donor all the way down to that person just trying to scrape for some end zone tickets that their dad has had for years. They want to know where their money's going. So, But I've always thought that fans deep down are thinking, hey, man, can my money be used to maybe help us get a badass five-star at some yeah. point? Or at least if we get the badass five-star, I then help to make the – I can help to make his ramp up on the football team a little easier. But the NCAA thinks that's dirty. The NCAA thinks that's sinister, and that's the weird – that's the boundary they got to figure out. And once again, I mean, the, the fund's been around – these funds have been around for, what, two years now? Uh, yeah. NIL's been here for two years? About that. Now, it's like, okay, now we're going to make rules and boundaries and guidelines. Yeah, and they never these have. These schools have already been doing it for two years. So it, if you're if you're Ross Bjork or CDC, it's like, okay, wait a second. We've been doing this for two years. You haven't had – you haven't had your foot in the door whatsoever. You haven't given us any instruction, and now, now you're telling us, "Hey, what you guys been doing? You can't do it anymore." That's a great That's point. What would piss me off on the campuses of USC, A and M, Texas, Clemson, Miami? Pick your pick your school. Not only can you not put the toothpaste back in the tube, the campus is covered with toothpaste. I mean, it's everywhere now. And oh, we may penalize you for that, by the way, from two years ago. Yeah, we might penalize right. you. Right, and we may go look at that first tube of toothpaste you messed yeah. with. And see if, yeah, right. All right, so all that on the board today. Up next, we'll discuss that and more with Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3.com. What does he think of the 24 class as it's building? What's next on his radar in terms of recruiting? And we will talk some of this NCAA NIL stuff with him as well. Stay with us on this Wednesday. Super hot out there again, so please be careful. This is the horn.